Are you ready to take your business to the next level? Every day, there are countless books and articles that are published offering the key on how to make your business a success. It's easy to feel overwhelmed trying to keep up and run your business. That's why Deb Creer created the Business Power Hour. Keep up on the latest trends, best practices, and techniques for how to make your business a success. Let the Business Power Hour do the heavy work for you. Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about giving professionals the tools that they need to make themselves and their businesses as successful as possible. And today, we really are going to be talking about that. We're going to be talking about how to make your business successful, how to to take it to that next level, because many businesses coast. (laughs) We get to a certain point, and it's like, okay. This is fine. You know, and and there are people, that's great. You know, you went, but how do you get past that hump? Um, you know, lots of things like that. So we're gonna have so much fun talking with Brad Ferris today on this subject. So please join me in welcoming Brad Ferris to our program today. Welcome, Brad. Thanks, Deb. Great. Well, we really are gonna have fun. So let me tell people a little about you and then we'll dive in. So as principal yep. advisor of Anchor Advisors. Okay. Brad Ferris has spent the last 20 years guiding business owners through the pitfalls and joys of growing their business. Brad is passionate about helping business owners find better ways to lead, grow, and enjoy life more. I like it when they have short bios because then we get to really chat. (laughs) So Brad, okay, first I have to say I went to your website, which is anchoradvisors.com. That's right. And I noticed your team, all those fabulous women. I was so impressed that it was all those fabulous women. It's you and all these fabulous women. It is true. There have been men over the years, Mm -hmm. but currently it's me and a bunch of women. (laughs) I love it. Yeah, I love it. So, which, you know, is actually fairly unique, especially in financial planning and business planning, because not a lot of women do that or do it at the level that that we're talking about. Um, And so that's what I find very interesting because, you know, these are clearly very well educated, very knowledgeable women, um, you know, and, and so I just, I love it. I just thought that was the greatest thing when I noticed that on your website. Well, about 60% of our, our clients are women. Mm -hmm. I think there's more female business owners than there are men. Mm -hmm. And so it's just been helpful to have Mm -hmm. some women on the team to, to kind of match where Mm -hmm. our clients are coming from. Right. Cool. Well, let's go back a little bit and tell us how you got to where you are now and discovered that this is your passion in life. Sure. I I started life as an engineer, Mm. believe it or not. So that's why you do a lot of processes. It it it. is kind of, yeah, that's (laughs) true. Um, And I got frustrated because I would build the product the marketing department would ask me for, Mm -hmm. but it wouldn't be successful. And so as an engineer, I was like, well, obviously those marketing guys don't know what they're doing. I need right. to figure out what they're doing mm-hmm, and so mm-hmm. I can do their job for them, right? And in figuring out marketing, I had to learn a little bit mm-hmm. about accounting and finance because mm-hmm. that's how you kind of measure some of these right. things. And so I became kind of the nerd that spoke business or the business guy that spoke nerd, depending mm-hmm. on you know which side of the Who table. you were talking to. Mm-hmm. Right. So the, the company I was working for um, started doing some acquisitions and mm-hmm. they needed some help evaluating the technology. And so they pulled me onto that team mm-hmm. and um, I ended up spending almost a decade buying small businesses for wow. a, a family-owned mm-hmm. business. And there's nothing more that, that teaches you more about what people care about in a business than when you go to buy a business, right? right? And it's not the things that you think, it's not the relationships, mm-hmm. it's not how long people have been working with you. It's how much cash you bring in, Mm -hmm. what kind of contracts you have, Mm -hmm. and how good your team is. Right. Because if I buy it, I want it to be successful. That's right. And without the owner. The owner Mm -hmm. can't be the reason that it's successful, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so that that experience gave me a particular view of what small business success meant. Mm -hmm. And uh, after buying these businesses, I noticed that many of the entrepreneurs that were selling it were selling it because they had kind of gotten to the end of their level of experience. Like they were in the biggest business they'd ever worked for Mm -hmm. and they didn't know what to do next. Right. And when they sold the business, they ended up with a a nice check, but they weren't necessarily happy about the transaction. Mm -hmm. And so it occurred to me, maybe I could flip sides of the table and work Mm -hmm. for the entrepreneurs so they Mm -hmm. wouldn't have to sell their business. Mm -hmm. 
and they could just continue to grow happily. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and, and you've been doing that for, for quite a long time. You know, and, and I love it because we do, we, you know, there, we get that business, we've worked hard, you know, we've, we've grown it hopefully. And, and it does, it kind of plateaus, you know, Mm -hmm. whether it's that we don't, we don't have the knowledge to take it to the next step. We don't have the right personnel, all of those various things. And so kind of walk us through, you know, say I were to come to you and and you work with businesses. Tell us about the the type of businesses that you work with and then, then we'll go from there. Yeah. So I focus primarily on, on creative service firms. So ah. people who are selling their creativity, okay. uh, marketing, advertising, PR, mm-hmm. web design, digital marketing. Mm-hmm. I've had a few uh, interiors types of clients. Mm-hmm. So those types of businesses. Um, and most of those entrepreneurs got into it because they were good at a thing. Right. right? They, they made websites or mm-hmm. they, they were good at marketing. Um, and then they figured out that being a business owner meant that they didn't get to do that. Right. Thing. We have to invoice. We have to right. get clients. We have right. to, uh. But, but if they hustle hard enough and if they work hard enough, I mean, it, it kind of amazes me how unsophisticated you have to be in order to grow a business that's a million dollars, mm-hmm. you know, like, and, and somehow I think most of us, when we start our business, we think if I could get to a million, mm-hmm. that would be it. Right. Right. I, I'm billing a million dollars. That's the pinnacle. Mm-hmm. Right, right. I'm on easy street. Mm-hmm. But it turns out that when you get to a million dollars, it's not any easier than it was at 900000 or 700000 right. or $600,000. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. And in fact, the kind of hustle that got you to a million dollars, like mm-hmm. the hard work and, and kind of working late nights, mm-hmm. when you get to that million, you realize, I can't, I can't do twice as much of this. Like, right. this is all the hustle that I have. Mm-hmm. And so if you still have ambitions to grow, it really requires changing the job that you, the business owner, are doing mm-hmm. in the business. Right. So there's, there's, some, there's some basic changes that you have to make about the way you're, you're doing your job and how mm-hmm. you're running your business in order to unlock the growth to the next mm-hmm. two, three, four million dollars. Right. Well, what intrigues me about this is that type of business really was probably, as you said, one person that started it doing something. And, you know, and, and so it's not like, say, a furniture store where anybody can be doing it. Um, but this is built on a lot of that person's brain power. And so how do you kind of take that to that next level? So uh, there's some, some real specific steps to growing the business past a million dollars. Okay. And the first thing, and, and maybe the most important thing, um, is figuring out the product market fit mm-hmm. that when we find the right product for the right market, mm-hmm. there's almost like a tailwind that grows the right. business, right? Like people want mm-hmm. what you're, mm-hmm. what you're putting out there. And, um, for many people that are hustling to get to that first million, they don't find that product market fit cause they just sell whatever someone right. wants to They'll buy. They'll build a website for whoever comes to them. And not just a website, but I'll build an app or I'll mm-hmm. do a, you know, a, a lead funnel, mm-hmm. or, you know, mm-hmm. right. you want it, we can do it. Mm-hmm. Right. And so when you're in that kind of responding to the marketplace phase, it's hard to figure out what that product market fit is. Mm-hmm. And so the first step is to really identify what is the one thing that people get the most value out of working mm-hmm. for you, with you. And then who is the, the ideal client? who that service is mm-hmm. like, you know, the cure for cancer for them, right. mm-hmm. you know? And so finding that, pro- that service market fit or product market fit is really the first step. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it, it's scary because it means not doing a whole bunch of things right. that, that made you We think you money. we're leaving money on the table. That's right. That's right. But in fact, you're leaving so much money on the table by not doing right. it, right? Mm-hmm. Because when you try to do things you've never done before, mm-hmm. it's very unlikely you're going to make money at it. Right. right. It's very hard to price mm-hmm. that right. It's very hard to be good at it. Mm-hmm. But if you can narrow it down and start to do one thing over and over again, mm-hmm. you're going to get really good at it. You're going to get better at anybody right. than anybody else is mm-hmm. at it. Right. And you know what it's worth. Mm-hmm. You know what it costs. You know right. how to make money at it. Mm-hmm. Like it just everything starts. It's, to get it's like a wheel. You. Yeah. It That's just right. really starts. That's exactly going. right. Mm-hmm. You know, and I find this ironic because many of these people are marketing people or Correct. something like that. And we're telling our clients, 
you must find your niche. Who is your target market? You know, you can't sell to everyone. And then we go out and say, oh, we'll sell to anybody. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's funny because I've had that exact conversation with people where I say, listen, if you were on my side of the table, mm-hmm. what advice would you be giving? And they're like, yeah, but it's so hard. And I'm like, yeah, but you gave this advice like 50 billion times and ignored the fact about how hard and they it was. were successful, right? <laughs> <laughs> Right. You know, and, and it, 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 I interviewed somebody um, a while ago and, and he, he did this exact same thing and, and his niche were dental practices. Yes. And, you know, and, and it's like, well, yeah, I mean, there's obviously a pretty finite number, you know, and dentist is, you know, one of the smaller, you know, it's not like it's a medical practice. I mean, you know, there are just fewer dentists, but he knows the dental industry inside and out um you know and 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 that's the thing you know and for the most part there's not really a lot of of you know people will say well don't you have clients who conflict yeah. well you know you you look, you look at that more as a geographic area okay yeah. so you know we're we might have 20 in atlanta but we're going to make sure that they don't overlap or or anything like that um but yeah i mean he knew he knew all the new products he went to the industry trade shows all of those things. And he said it was really, it's exactly what you said. It was really scary at first because he wanted to, he wanted, you know, to work with anybody he could help. But then he finally figured out, let's really, really focus and, and extremely successful. What you just said is so important. When you narrow in on a, on a target market like that, Mm -hmm. you can know everything about it. Like you can know all the new products. Mm -hmm. You can know what the trends are. Mm -hmm. And then when you get on the phone with a prospect, you're so much more credible because mm-hmm. you know as much as they do. They, mm-hmm. they feel like, oh my gosh, this is for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, one of the ways that I talk to clients about this is I say, listen, I've got an accountant. They only do marketing agencies. That's their only mm-hmm. client is marketing agencies. Everyone's like, oh yeah, introduce me to that person. I said, mm-hmm. well, I don't have that person. But you see how you responded? Right. <laughs> By the way, if you're an accountant out there that specializes in marketing agencies, let's talk. (laughs) (laughs) There's a market for you. Hello. There totally is. (laughs) And it's funny because we we do. We think, well, we're limiting things. But and and I've I've been known to say, you know, marketing is marketing. We can do marketing for anybody, which is true. I mean, you know, the, the principles are the same. But when you can fine tune it. You know, and, and so, you know, a great example would be, you know, you're designing, say, a website for a dentist. You know what to say before sometimes maybe they know what to say. Yes, yes. You know, and, and so you're, you're more of a partner. You're not having to go right. learn about whatever the latest right. and greatest water pick doohickey mabobber thing is because you already know about the That's latest right. and greatest, you know, and, and, and if you're just being the marketing person, you know, you learn just a minimal amount about the latest and greatest water pick doohickey thing. Um, you know, and and so that's where that really focuses in. I mean, I know people who design websites for very specific industries and course, they're very yeah. successful at it because they speak that language. That's right. That's right. So then once you find that product market fit, mm-hmm. the next thing you have to do, which is even scarier, is you need to raise your prices. Mm-hmm. Because you're a you specialist. Get- you're a specialist. You're bringing something different to the party, mm-hmm. right? And as your business grows, you're going to have to add some overhead to your business. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to add some non-billable people. Right. Remember, we want to get you, the business owner, mm-hmm. to not be hustling so mm-hmm. hard. And so we're mm-hmm. going to have to hire you some help. Mm-hmm. And so to be able to afford that, you're going to have to raise your prices. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's the next thing I help people do. Mm-hmm. And and that is scary. You know, and and it's... You know, and we're not saying you have to go back to your clients that have been with you for, you know, 20 years and raise the price. Maybe. Um, but at the same point, you're getting new clients, you know, and, and so you can have the grandfathered in or you can tell them, you know what, for a year, we're going to keep you at that old rate. But, um, and, you know, if you show them the value, they're going to pay it. You know, they're, they're, they're going to think, okay, this is, this is great. Because for one thing, they don't want to go find somebody else. <laughs> Well, the, what you said is really prescient. Um, I tell people to start with a new client, right? Mm-hmm. So all you're risking is that one conversation right. with that mm-hmm. one lead, right? And so, and, and when I tell people to raise prices, I'm not talking about 5 and 10%. I'm right. talking about like 50, 100% mm-hmm. price mm-hmm. increases because most people price too low. 
Oh, we always do. Because mm-hmm. we <laughs> so, want to be helpful. Right. <laughs> and, and we don't want to exclude people who can't mm-hmm. pay. Mm-hmm. So then how can you pay? Right. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so, if, if I'm getting people to offer that much higher price, um, they start with that one prospect. Mm-hmm. And it won't take too long before someone says yes to that price. Right. Mm-hmm. And as soon as someone says yes to that price, you feel so different. Like, mm-hmm. I'm worth that right. number. Like, that is... And I could have been charging that. All along. <laughs> right, right. Which is exactly what I was going to say. Like, you get a couple people mm-hmm. at that price, and you start looking back at your mm-hmm. old favorite clients, like... These guys have been ripping me off. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. You know? And I've been letting them do it. Mm-hmm. And and so you have those grandfathered clients, but you're less tolerant. You're like, no, no, no. Right. We got to raise it. We got to get you up there because mm-hmm. if you're staying, it's right. going to be at a higher price. Right. You know, I worked many years ago for an agency. I love agency work. I mean, you know, there's there are a variety of reasons why, you know, some people love agency work. Some people new, but I like agency work. And, and um, the, the owner of this agency one of the things that he taught me, he said, you charge what the market will bear. Yeah. And I was, you know, a young whippersnapper and I didn't know what he meant. And, and he explained it this way. He said, if you're going to be working with say doctors yes. and lawyers who are used to charging people hundreds of dollars an hour, if you charge them $25 an hour, they don't see the value in what you're doing. Now, if you're working with nonprofits, that are, you know, much less, ex- you know, the expensive and, and obviously, you know, can't afford things like that, then you have to charge them less. And so he said, that's where as an agency, you do, you know, a certain number, if you want of you know, pro bono or nonprofit or, or whatever. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, he said, if you're working, especially if you're working with somebody who charges a lot, you'd better charge a lot too, or they really don't see a value in what you're doing. And when you charge them more, they show up with a different energy. Right. Right. Like mm-hmm. if, if you're more of a ex- partner almost. Yes. Because now I need this to be a success because mm-hmm. I invested yeah. so much money mm-hmm. into it. Right. And so they don't show up late for meetings. Mm-hmm. They, don't, they don't show up without their homework done. Mm-hmm. Right. And they don't tolerate it if you haven't done your mm-hmm. homework. Mm-hmm. Every, everything is in an elevated level. Mm-hmm. And so the nice thing about that is I only work with clients that are super engaged. Mm-hmm. Nobody's working with me like, hoping that maybe they'll get some mm-hmm. results out of it. No, right. we got to get results here. Mm-hmm. Like, this is serious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you paid a lot of money for it. That's right. That, to me, that's much more fun mm-hmm. to work with people that are totally in. Right, right. You know, and, and that really is where it's interesting on the pricing of, of your, you know, your products and services is, you know, now you can have some less expensive things for the people who can't afford it, yep. but they get just the bare bones. You know, they get the free ebook, they get the blog, whatever, you know, and, and so you're still helping people. Sure. But, you know, then, then for the people who can pay, they pay, um, you know, and, and, but that is all about knowing your market. You know, if your market can't afford, you know, say, so say you go, uh, you decide to focus on landscapers. Yeah. That's great, but landscapers probably well. Now that's it's going to depend on where they are too. Exactly. Um, you know, if they're you know here in, in Atlanta, if they're in Buckhead, right. they're going to charge something totally different than if they're out, say, where I live. Um, you know, and 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 you know, so yeah, it, it is. It's all about knowing who your market is and what is the price point for them. Right. So then, the third thing: once you've got your product market fit and you've raised your prices. Then we need to get you out of the delivery of the service. Mm, but so that's you, what I love. Yes, it is. It is. But as long as you are in between the client and the result, mm. you can only support so many clients. Right. And if you want to stay in, that's fine. Then we mm-hmm. just need to have really expensive prices. Right. right? And, like, and only a couple of your clients. Right. Mm-hmm. Get that. But, but really, your job as you get past a million mm-hmm. is no longer to be the marketer or right. to be the web designer. Mm-hmm. You need to be the CEO. Mm-hmm. And CEO is a full-time job. Right. It, it's not easy. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to be the CEO, you can't also be the web designer. Mm-hmm. You can't also be the writer. You mm-hmm. can't also be the whatever. Right. And so we need to get you out of that. So mm-hmm. as long as you're in the service delivery, even a little bit, mm-hmm. You're, you are keeping your business from growing. Right. You know, and that, that really is probably one of the hardest parts, especially for those who started out having to wear every single one of those hats. Yeah. Um, you know, and, 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 you know, the whole letting go of their baby. I mean, all those various things. 
Seth Godin talks about the difference between an entrepreneur and a freelancer. Mm. And he says a freelancer ser- sells the work of their own hands. Mm-hmm. So they are delivering the services that they're selling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that they're successful when they're working, when they're delivering. Right. And you can have very successful freelancers mm-hmm. that sell for their work for high numbers. I mean, right. Seth considers himself a freelancer. Mm-hmm. So, you know. He's, he's doing pretty good. He's he all right. sold a lot yeah, of those right. purple cows. That's right. <laughs> he says an entrepreneur is different. An mm-hmm. entrepreneur's job is to hire people to do the work that mm-hmm. the entrepreneur sells. Mm-hmm. And so... In the, if you're in the entrepreneur category, if you're trying to grow your business past a million, then every hour that you spend delivering services, you're actually not doing your job. Your job is to hire people to do that work. Mm-hmm. And right. so it, it's, a, it's, a mind sh- it's, it's, a, it's a shift in mindset to mm-hmm. help people to realize that, no, my job is to hire other people to mm-hmm. do the work. Right. Well, and we mentioned at the start that part of what the, what, you know, maybe the ultimate goal is to sell the business. Yes. Well, then it's much easier to sell because you're not so intricately tied in, Um, you know, McDonald's, great example. When the, when the, when, you know, the, the McDonald's were no longer that key part. Right. Then Croc could go in and say, okay, this is, you know, this, this is fine. I'm going to take this. That's right. That's right. And really, it's the only way to sell the business is to get yourself out mm-hmm. right. the service delivery. As long as you're in the service delivery, sell yourself with the business. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. yeah. And I mean, there are people that do that. I mean, they just, and so basically what they've done is merge with something, but then that, that's just, ugh, lots yeah, of, it's a mess. yeah, yeah mm-hmm. that, because you're not in charge anymore and you were really right. used to being in charge. That's right. There's all, well, and, and honestly, that leads us to the next challenge, mm-hmm. um, so if you've, if you've found your product market fit and raised your prices and got yourself out of the service delivery, mm-hmm. then the next challenge, and again, this is a real mindset thing, a, a lot of business owners get to that point and they say, well, how do I know I'm doing a good job? Right. You know, at the end of the day, mm-hmm. when I was delivering the services, it was, you know, how many websites did I right. build? Or I or, created that logo. Exactly. Or, mm-hmm. Right. And so I could look at the end of the day and say, I did that. Mm-hmm. And when you take yourself out of the service delivery, you, you don't get that anymore. Mm-hmm. Instead, you need to learn to, to find success in other people's creation, mm-hmm. right? That I, I created this system mm-hmm. and all of this support that enables these other people to be mm-hmm. successful. Right. And as, as personally, I can tell you that that turned out to be more rewarding than, than doing the thing. Mm-hmm. To be able to set up a system so that 10 people can do the thing or 20 mm-hmm. people or 30 people, like that, that can be very rewarding, but mm-hmm. you have to look at it differently. Mm-hmm. Right. Because it is somebody else doing the work. That's right. Um, you know, and, 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 yeah, and, and of course, many business owners got into whatever it was because that was their passion. Yes. You know, they loved doing whatever, you know, they might've been forced into it, you know, oh, golly, I need, I need a new job and right. I know how to do this. Right. Um, but for many, it was a passion. You know, they, they loved doing whatever it was. And, and so then to see somebody else doing it, that's, you know, it's, it's really good for the ego and really bad for the ego at the same time. Yeah, because you realize you're not special. It wasn't right. your f- magic fairy mm-hmm. dust that made mm-hmm. it work. In fact, right. other people's magic fairy mm-hmm. dust might turn out to be better than mm-hmm. yours. Like, right. crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, but then maybe you're thinking about that while you're off on vacation. Because, <laughs> you know, you, you built a good enough team that you can go on vacation, yes. you know, and, and, um, you know, and, 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 you know, obviously it depends on your business, your long-term goals, all those various things, yes. but you know, it, it really is something as, as you're going to be thinking about it. And I think that's the thing, you know, we mentioned you know, businesses get stuck, you know, and, and they coast. Are there points where businesses really do get stuck and, and then can we get out of those? Yeah. I mean, I, I see a flat part at around, 800,000 to a million too, like mm-hmm. because people are running into these challenges. And then there's another point where they get stuck and it's usually around 35 to 50 employees. Mm-hmm. Something happens at a certain point where the CEO walks in someday and somebody walks by him in the hall and he's like, wait. Who are you? Yeah, I don't even know who this guy is. Uh-huh. I don't know what they do. Mm-hmm. Right? There's another kind of identity mm-hmm. crisis that comes right. around there. Mm-hmm. and 
and I think that when these when these step functions happen, CEOs kind of question, do I want to go to that next level? Like, mm-hmm. is that do I want to live like that, or mm-hmm. would I rather? And there is risk. I mean, mm-hmm. right? Like when we take ourselves out of the service delivery, mm-hmm. all of a sudden, I can't do the thing anymore. You know, a right. couple of years into it, mm-hmm. my skills are rusty, and I mm-hmm. couldn't go back to you know just making the websites. Mm-hmm. So there is risk with each of these. And so I do think that we tend to get up to the edge of the cliff and kind of Mm -hmm. look over and Mm -hmm. back away and then look over. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. Well, yeah, it's funny. That was how I was just starting my business. Yes. Um, I actually loved who I was working with at that, Uh that point in time, but I knew it was not a long, I was a lobbyist and I knew I couldn't do that for a really long time because I was just going to go nuts. Um, But great (laughs) people. And we actually worked on really great projects. And so, and it was very interesting, all sorts of things. It was, you know, this was 20 years ago. So it was, it was very different, but, um, I had somebody one time pat me on top of the head. Luckily, that was all they did was pat me on top of the head. They didn't pat me somewhere else. Oh, well, they would have gotten smacked. And I could, that would have caused all sorts of problems. But, yes. um, but you know, and, and I thought, you know, I want to go out on my own. I want to start my own business. And so I played, you know, and, and I tinkered. And I yes. did little stuff here and little stuff yes. there. And, and I, w- I met with a business consultant who said, you know, I'd gone to the edge of that diving board. I hadn't put my toes over the edge. You know, and until I jumped off and had to make it work, I, it wasn't going to work, you know, because I was frustrated. I wasn't getting more clients, all these various things. And she said, well, that's because you haven't been, you've been playing at it. She mm-hmm. said, it's a hobby for you. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I, I had that challenge for a number of years in my business where I could get people right to the edge and they wouldn't mm-hmm. jump. Right. And recently I made a change in how I'm delivering services where... Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm bringing people together into masterminds Mm -hmm. where I've got four or five business owners working together Mm -hmm. on the same kind of sets of challenges. And a crazy thing happened is that instead of being afraid to jump, they all want to jump faster, right? They want to be at the head of the pack Mm -hmm. instead of the back of the pack. Mm -hmm. And so it it just changed the dynamics of how Mm. people looked at the risk. And Mm -hmm. the other thing about the group was, one person saw A risky and another person saw B risky and another mm-hmm. person saw C risky. And so when, when they saw that other people didn't see that thing as risky, mm-hmm. then they started questioning. Right. Well, Why am I fretting over that? Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Right. And so it really accelerated the rate that people started making these changes mm-hmm. and started growing their business. And sort of like we were talking about before, I was mm-hmm. like, hey, what about my magic fairy dust? You know, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm good at this. Right. But it wasn't me. It was mm-hmm. the group. And it was mm-hmm. so, like, that is so exciting to me mm-hmm. to find that way forward for people. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. You know, and, and it's interesting because, I mean, you know, clearly there are a lot of businesses that are perfectly happy where they are. And that's sure. great. But they can still be growing. I mean, you know, we're not talking, you know, somebody might say, I don't want to be that million dollar business that see, yes. I just don't, that's not what I want to do. I want to, yeah. you know, I want to be involved. And so, you know, and, and I know that's not really who you work with, but what tips do you have for people like that? So if you don't want to grow, and it's totally valid to mm-hmm. decide that you don't want to grow, right. um, there are lots of reasons why mm-hmm. you might want to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, for some people, not growing means that they can have a lifestyle business mm-hmm. where that there isn't, there's not so much required of them. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what I tell people is then you have to make that decision that that's the decision you're making mm-hmm. and not keep looking at the grass on the other side of the fence, ah, right? Mm-hmm. Because that it, inching up to the, to the cliff and then backing down and inching mm-hmm. up to the cliff and backing down, that's, that's costing you and it's costing your team. Your right. team needs to know where it is that we're going. Mm-hmm. Right. The other thing that you're going to confront if you don't grow is that your team wants to make more money every year. Mm-hmm. They want to grow That's in a right. variety of ways. Mm-hmm. That's right. And so uh, probably you're not going to be able to make opportunities for all of them to grow. Mm-hmm. And so you need to have a way to bring young, inexpensive talent in and grow mm-hmm. them up because right. you're going to churn. Gonna, yeah, they're going <laughs> to leave you. Right. Right. So you have to look at the trade offs. Like, mm-hmm. what, is, what are you giving up and then what are you gaining mm-hmm. in that conversation? Right. 
You know, and, and, and it is just a matter of sitting down and thinking, okay, you know, what are we going to do? But, but it's funny because you mentioned, you know, lifestyle, because somebody might be thinking if I, if I really grow, oh my gosh, it's going to take, you know, 80 hours a week. Well, the, the point is if you're setting it up right, you might be down to 20 hours a week. Exactly. You know, because you're not doing the invoicing, you're not doing the sales calls, you're back to, and maybe you're back to doing what you love, you know, and, and so, you know, and, and, you know, example again, you know, website design, yeah. you know, maybe you go and you're the person who, you know, because it truly is your passion is what you love. Okay. You do the nonprofit clients. Yeah. Or, you know, something like that. You know, we said, you know, maybe you just do a, a couple of clients a week or a couple of clients at a time. And, and yeah, the point is you've got this great team who's doing all of that, um, you know, and, 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 you know, of course the, the hardest part when we start our business is we're working 24 seven, seven days a week. And, you know, and, and so we're trying to get ourselves out of that. And then we're thinking, oh, now what? Um, you know, and, and it's, it's, it's a challenge. It's a, fu- it's a funny conversation because I think you're exactly right that, mm-hmm. People come to me and they say, you know, Brad, I'm so tired. I can't keep doing this. I mm-hmm. say, great, let's grow your business. And they're like, no, no, you didn't hear me. <laughs> no, if I'm, I grow, I'm, so I'm going to have to work more. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and, but the truth is you don't have to work more. You're mm-hmm. going to hire people to do the work. Mm-hmm. And, and so you can work significantly mm-hmm. less as right. you grow your business. Mm-hmm. Um, it is different work, mm-hmm. right? You're going to spend your time on different things. Mm-hmm. Um, and and for some people, yeah, they love the the doing the thing, whatever it is, mm-hmm. designing the website. But at a certain point, you know, I've done this four hundred times. Mm-hmm. The challenge just isn't there anymore. Right. And so, growing their business gives you an opportunity to to take on some different challenges. Mm-hmm. Um, to start to think about how can I build people who love to do this? How can I give mm-hmm. up some of those things that are chores to me at this point? Mm-hmm. But for other people, they love to do it. Right. You know. There's nothing I hate more than than um, reconciling a, a bank statement. Mm-hmm. Like it's a nightmare for me. Oh I, yeah, I, I have a stack over there. Yeah, <laughs> and, and if I get like within fifty bucks, I'm like, that's good. Yeah, we're, yeah. There's, totally there's that little good. button in QuickBooks that says, you know, make make an uh, make yeah. it all good. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My bookkeeper, her favorite thing in the world is to oh. reconcile. A you're, check. you're within the. It, it, you, there's not a penny off. I'm sure. I, if she was off by like nine cents and she's like, oh, I can't wait to find this. I'm mm-hmm. like, you go, you know, it was like, a personal challenge. Mm-hmm. That's right. Mm-hmm. And so if I keep that work, mm-hmm. I'm keeping someone else from doing mm-hmm. something that they really love right. doing. Mm-hmm. And, it, and, t- and I hate it. So why mm-hmm. wouldn't I give it up to them? Right. right? right. And, and it just, it frees you up to do some different things, mm-hmm. some things that you might enjoy. Right. You know, and as that, you know, you know, we've been talking about the person that's, you know, they were the, the start, the founder. It is hard to let stuff go, you know, because oh. it's my way. I'm the only one who can do it right and all yep. those things. And, you know, when I decided to hire someone to, to be a producer for this program, oh, that was hard. I mean, you know, and, and I went through several and went through several processes and, and all sorts of things. And, and clearly it's going to be somebody virtual mm-hmm. um, because it's definitely not a full-time position or anything mm-hmm. like that. And, and you know, and, and so I, I had to learn to treat it as a real position, you know, yes. and, and have a yeah. job description, all those various things. But, you know, uh, when I found the person, you know, Kim, who we've now been working together, I think over three years. Wow. You know, I, I said, okay, here's how I've been doing it, which is how I based getting the job description. Yep. And I said, take this and make it yours. You know, and, and so every once in a while, I'll say, now, what emails do you send out to people? You know, and she does like all of the social media posting. Well, yep. that's in my other life. That's what I do is social media posting. Yep. And so people say, well, you know, somebody else does your social media posting? Well, yeah. And even more importantly, I almost always never even see those. That's right. And, and it's, and I, and, you know, and like the first two or three, maybe I said, here's what I'd like. And yeah. then maybe the next two or three, I reviewed them. Yeah. And then it was like, okay, I trust you. You go, you do it. I'm not going to, and it's not a waste of time, but I'm not going to spend my time on that anymore. And actually it probably would have been a waste of time because I trusted her to do it. And I knew she would do a good job at it. And if she wouldn't, then that's where the problem comes in. I don't, you know, either I didn't give good enough instructions right. or, you know, she wasn't the right person or whatever. But, but yeah, I mean, I'm just like, okay, you go and you do. And, you know, and, and she does, and she does a great job at it. I'm, uh, I'm going through this right now where I, I finally, one of my mentors keeps, kept saying to me, Brad, you can't 
you can't be responding to all your emails. You can't have control of your own email box. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what do you mean? This is my email box. Right. No You're one is going to me. This is yeah. The people writing to me, they want to hear back from me. Mm-hmm. And he kept on me about it. He kept on me about it. And and I hate email. Like mm-hmm. it's not something that I love to do. Yep. And just last week, I started a Google Doc and was like, mm-hmm. okay, this is what I do mm-hmm. when I. Go through my email mm-hmm. inbox. This is how these are the things I throw away. Mm-hmm. These are the responses I give people, and uh, it's been a week now that my VA has been mm-hmm. responding to my emails. Right. And oh my god, I love it! It's the oh, best yeah. thing ever. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, yeah, because it freed you up, and and he or she gets you the ones you need to see. Now it is tricky. Um, I had one one time where, and it was a, a LinkedIn thing, you know, and, and right. I think of LinkedIn as being very personal. Yeah. Um, but like, you know, and, 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 and this person is, she's very, very popular. She's a, a big speaker, you know, yeah. also. So she's getting a lot that right. going just through her LinkedIn right. and, and, you know, somehow we weren't connected. And so I sent her a request to connect and, you know, and it was accepted. And then I got the form letter. Now this was somebody that I had known and still do very, very right, well. Right, right, And so I get this form letter response that is clearly a form letter response where, you know, and, and I was offended. I was not a happy camper. And so I emailed her personal account because I knew what that yeah, one was. Yes, yes. And I said, what the heck is going on? You know, and, and, and she said, oh my gosh. She said, she said, this is not the first time this has happened. And she said, and I'm not sure how to deal with it. Because, you know, it is, it's going to happen. You get the personal contacts that come through who do get annoyed or the personal emails, you know, you, you really don't want your grandma to get the form letter um, so, you know, or your best friend from college. But so we set it up so that when Carmen is responding mm-hmm. as me, she says, mm-hmm. this is Carmen's Brad's assistant. Mm-hmm. And then she types the yep. response. So people mm-hmm. know it's not me. Right. And then they're fine. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And, and, and to the, me, that's, that's the transparency part. Yeah. You know, because yeah. I'm going to understand, oh, okay, Brad's a busy guy. And so it's, I'm perfectly fine with that. And, and then, you know, I could either, you know, say, no, no, this needs to go to Brad. Right. You know, or, and, you know, obviously, you know, she's, she's, you know, going to look at it and go, oh, this is a personal message, um, you know, or, you know, whatever. And, right. um, but, you know, you know, when, like we send a follow-up to the program, you know, thank you very much for being a guest on the program. Now yeah, yeah. it is an automated thing. Um, but you know, if, you know, she might respond to it or you might, you know, all of those things, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a matter of that person reading that content and seeing, but that's where LinkedIn gets tricky because, you know, most yeah, you of the time people, yeah, right. you know, they just, you know, and, and well, like when I sent my request to you, I just said, you know, Hey, looking forward to chatting on the business power hour, let's connect. But clearly, I don't know you from that, you know, that type of generic thing. If it was, oh my God, Brad, I can't believe I found you. You know, we went to school together. Right. Then that person who's, who's your assistant should go, ooh, maybe Brad should see this one. That's right. That's right. And it's, I, I, uh, it was just, I like doing some of those things because I'm asking my clients to do something scary Mm -hmm. for them. Right. And so to, to do that thing that's scary Mm -hmm. for me, I get to experience what that's like to Mm -hmm. like worry about it and fret mm-hmm. about it and then let it go. And oh my gosh, it turned out to be fantastic. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and work perfect. You know, and I shouldn't say perfect because there will be, you know, some every once in a while that there's a glitch. It just happens. Um, you know, but that's, that's what happens all the time with everything. And, and the, the benefits far outweigh the fact that, you know, your, your old college roommate might get an email response where he's going, what? A hundred percent. Well, let's talk about what's going on now. You know, mm-hmm. as we are recording this, we're smack dab in the middle, hopefully more towards the end than the middle yeah. of the pandemic. And yeah. so businesses are truly having to, to reform. And right now they just can't. I mean, you know, we don't know right. how long things are going to be like this. We don't know if it's going to be more, less, worse. I mean, all sorts of things. But to me, I see it as great opportunities for, for businesses. So what do you, you know, what are your thoughts on this? It's interesting. I'm, I'm actually doing a, a webinar on Monday, um, helping people to think through this question of mm-hmm. like, what are we going to do now? Mm-hmm. Um, and it started when I was talking to a business colleague and I said, 
I don't remember a time in history, in my lifetime at least, when there's been this much uncertainty. Mm-hmm. Like I, by the end of the year, we could be having a, a roaring economy and everyone's mm-hmm. doing great. We could be in the biggest depression in my lifetime. Like it's mm-hmm. that wide a range of right. Um, and because of that, it's really hard to plan, obviously, mm-hmm. right? And so, right. oh yeah, uh, nobody's goals are gonna be. You know, it's like, oh, okay, no. Mm-mm. In in my Let's mastermind, just put group, that little plan away. Right. <laughs> in my mastermind group, we had a ceremonial burning of the goals. Mm-hmm. We're like, okay, yep. let's all get our goals out. We're shredding them all because mm-hmm. these are just not gonna happen. Right. Right. And stop fretting over it. Right. So the first thing I did after we shredded our goals is I said, well, let's look inside for a minute. Mm -hmm. There are going to be some things that you know that if you do them Mm -hmm. and you do them consistently between now and the end of the year, Mm -hmm. your business will be in a better place. Right. So for some people, it's I'm going to every day I'm going to call a past client. Mm -hmm. For other people, it was I'm going to write a thousand words a day Mm -hmm. toward my book or toward my video or whatever it is. Mm Uh, for other people, it was, um, you know, I'm going to do a video every week. Mm-hmm. Um, but whatever it is that you know is something that you need to do to grow your business, commit to doing that. Mm-hmm. And by having that that one discipline that you're kind of focused on, mm-hmm. it means that no matter what happens out in the world, there's something that every day you can feel good about. Mm-hmm. I wrote my thousand words. Mm-hmm. You know, I did my video, whatever mm-hmm. that is. And so, you know, because one of the problems with uncertainty is you can't even tell whether you're making progress. Right. So the first thing you need is some way to make sure that you're making progress. And mm-hmm. so that, that was my answer to that was just mm-hmm. pick something that if you did it every day, you know, you'd be in a better mm-hmm. place. Right. And something that's not really pandemic. Right. Or maybe it is pandemic proof. Like you were saying, write a thousand words for your book. Right. Or, you know, something like that. So it's not sell 20 more widgets today. Right. Because exactly. we don't know if we're going to be able to sell 20 that's more right. widgets today. We can make a phone call every day. Mm-hmm. You know, like, like that's something we can do. We could reach right. out and make 10 connections on LinkedIn mm-hmm. every day. Like those, but, but what is it that you control that you mm-hmm. know that you can get accomplished every day? Mm-hmm. Right. So once you've got that, then there's the question of what do we want to do for a plan? Mm-hmm. And um, one of the things that I said to people was that if everything's risky, then kind of nothing's risky, right? right. Like if, if risk is about fear of loss, mm-hmm. well, whatever you had going on in January is gone. Mm-hmm. That, right. It's not coming back. We're not going back to no, January. We're not we're going, going backwards. Forward, mm-hmm. Right? And so those things that you were afraid to try, mm-hmm. try them. Mm-hmm. I mean, why not? Yeah. New product line, new That's service, right. whatever. Mm-hmm. Take some risk. Do some things that, that, you know, again, in your gut, you feel like mm-hmm. this is the next thing that we need to do. This is mm-hmm. the next iteration of the service or the business. And so I have some clients who are productizing their service. They're, they're creating um, lower cost, like do-it-yourself kind mm-hmm. of versions right. of their service, mm-hmm. Wh- whether that's an online course mm-hmm. Or it's, you know, some kind of workbook and a cohort or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but something that is going to take much less of their time. Mm-hmm. They can impact more people mm-hmm. and they could make them some money along the right. way. And so what, what is it that you've been hesitating to do because you were too busy and you were too afraid? Mm-hmm. Like, now's the time. Just do it. Just get out mm-hmm. there and do it. Right. And, and that's been really empowering for people, I think, to look at it not as like, you know, Rona killed my business. But... Mm-hmm. Rona opened up the door to a whole mm-hmm. new thing that I never thought was right. possible. Right. Yeah. And we're already seeing some of that. Um, yes. You know, restaurants. I mean, clearly one of the hardest hit industries probably throughout the world. Um, but to see how some of them have adapted and changed, you know, the ones that have added, say, a drive through you know, yes. in, a, in a place you never would have thought they would have had a drive through Well, you know, they figured, well, takeout was doing pretty good. Let's make it really easy and have a drive through um, You know, and, and I mean, and I feel really bad for those that didn't make it. But I also wonder, you know, did they try? And, you know, and they might have. I mean, it could be that it just, it wasn't going to happen. Um, but, you know, and, and a lot of those were newer. I mean, there's a, a restaurant by us that it's been open less than a year and it, it's gone. I mean, it's yeah. just, and, and of course the, the problem was it hadn't built enough client base 
to where we all went, oh, you know, that's, we're, we're going to, you know, have takeout, we're going to have delivery, whatever from that place. And, and so we just didn't even think about it. Um, you know, because even though we all thought, let's support local businesses, it, you know, only going there once or twice, it, it was not top of mind. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, the, the places that have figured, ooh, you know, what can we do? You know, how can we, I think one of the key words, how can we pivot, um, you know, and, and really turn this into to a benefit? And, and I mean, you know, one of the, the, the people who are making masks, holy schmoly. <laughs> you know? It's um, funny, at the, at the beginning of the quarantine, um, I had a client that was hunting around. He wanted to buy masks for his whole team. Mm-hmm. And uh, he found a, a company that was that had been making high school band uniforms that was about to go out of business. Mm-hmm. And they pivoted into making masks yep. and they're doing phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, because they have found, that equipment. Right. Mm-hmm. And the skills and the, mm-hmm. and the suppliers and everything. Mm-hmm. He found another company that was a, like a very niche denim manufacturer. Like ah. they made high-end jeans. Mm-hmm. And they pivoted into masks because mm-hmm. who's going to buy $150 jeans right now? Right, right. But they might buy 150 masks. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and yeah, I mean, just a, a lot of those things. I was talking to a friend of mine. Um, he was actually passing through here. And he's in, in Colorado. And, and he does commercial cleaning, you know, so office space cleaning. And he's always had a very high level of product service. Yes. So he really didn't have to add too much because they were already doing a lot of that. Yes. And he said, that's been what's been interesting because the clients, he said, your clients are coming and saying, well, now we need you to do X. He said, we've always done that. Really? Yes. And, and part of it, he thought, Ooh, I probably, yeah, I probably should raise my prices. Um, but you know, he said a big part of it was, you know, he didn't have to, 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 to add things because they were already doing that. But it's allowed him to add even more and, yeah. and to really think, what are we going to do? And, yeah. and he said, you know, it's, it really is a challenge because people aren't in office spaces. And when they are, then, you know, it's, it's very different. And, you know, and, and, but he, you know, I don't think he's, he's lost any employees. In fact, I think he's gained clients yeah, I'm because sure he has. if they're in that space, it, it has got to be just, you know, eat off the floor type of clean. As my a couple of my clients, it was really important for them to reopen their offices, and um, the two things that held people back mm-hmm. were cleanliness overall, mm-hmm. but specifically in the bathrooms, because right. a lot of my clients are in office buildings where yeah. we clean the office space, mm-hmm. but we don't necessarily clean the bathroom space, mm-hmm. like the building, right? Because that's community, right? Whatever. Exactly, mm-hmm. which makes it all the more like feeling dirty or something. Uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> what do you mean we can't go in there and clean it? <laughs> um, and then public transportation, like mm-hmm. how, right. how can we clean public mm-hmm. transportation? Mm-hmm. And uh, when, when it came to the cleanliness, people were like, well, we'll just have the cleaning people come in three times a week instead of once a week. Mm-hmm. And the cleaning people were like, well, we don't have three times as many people. Right. So how and, are we going to do we that? And we have our other people were, were servicing. Right. That's right. You were Thursday night, somebody mm-hmm. else is Wednesday night, and somebody mm-hmm. else is Tuesday night. So it's been a big challenge to mm-hmm. get the cleaning and the furniture straightened out. Mm-hmm. Those have been big challenges for people. Right, right. You know, and you know, clearly we have no idea what's going to happen. I think that many companies are going to go, ooh, you know, this worked to have people from home. Yeah. We're going to keep them at home. Yeah. Um, you know, aside from anything else, it's got to be a cost saving. You know, they're, they're not, like you said, you know, maybe they're, you know, they, they really do only have to have you, you know, have the cleaning service in once a week. Um, you know, they're, maybe they can let go of a lot of their space. You know, those, you know, they were renting four floors before and now they need one. Yeah. You know, all these various things. Now, clearly there's, there's a, 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 offsetting costs. That's right. Because they have to make sure that they have the tech, that they have all of those various things so that they can work from home. But I think a lot of companies, and I think the employees, more importantly, are going to say, we like this. We, you know, it, I, I might be doing my work at midnight, but I'm getting it done. Um, you know, and, and then you toss in the, the whole thing with schools. Um, you know, are kids home? Are kids not home? Are they starting that? You know, all those various things. So I think many employees are going to continue staying home. And that's just going to be so totally different. But I think there's also going to be a lot of companies that go, I'm not sure we needed all of those people. Um, you know, and, and, and I mean, you know, that's, that might be a sad thing to say, you know, we don't, but I think they're also going to go, 
wait a minute, we need to staff up more here. Um, you know, because this is a possibility. And, and so, you know, it's hopefully it's just, you know, it's, it's not anything that's, that's too drastic. You know, when people were trying to reopen, we had a lot of hard conversations about what you want to do and what you don't. Mm -hmm. And, um, the, the reactions to work from home were not necessarily what you would think they were. Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of younger employees who might have roommates, Mm-hmm. Um, right. They don't want to be there. <laughs> they don't want to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's a challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, and then people with kids at home, mm-hmm. some people want to be home with their kids. Mm-hmm. Some people don't want to be home. Right. With their kids. <laughs> and so, you know, so there was a real division there too. Mm-hmm. And the bigger question was, um, what is your office for? Like, mm-hmm. why do you have an office? Right. Is, and, it, and f- is it because you need to see everybody? Clearly not. Mm-hmm. You know, as one CEO said, mm-hmm. he was very against remote work. He's mm-hmm. like, in two months, we've overcome two years worth of objections that I have right. to remote work. Mm-hmm. Um, but the things that are that are really hard are onboarding new employees, right. um, maintaining your co- company culture. Mm-hmm. You know, your, your your office in some ways is a clubhouse mm-hmm. that that helps right. orient people, mm-hmm. right? Right. Yeah. I saw somebody's post on Facebook the other day and they said, stop thinking of your office as your family. And I thought, I'm sorry. I always thought of, you know, maybe not close family, but you know, I, and, and, and that was just me, you know, and, and, but yeah. And so all of a sudden those people are gone and zooming all of those things, definitely not the same. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It's, and, and so you have to be more proactive. If you're going to get rid of your office, you're going to have to think about how do I reinforce my culture right. when we're not all in the same mm-hmm. room? Right. And, and maybe the uh, culture changes. It is going to change your culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and what's interesting is um, most people assume it changes for the worst. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, the people that I know that, that have been work from home for a long time, mm-hmm. what they say is it generally means a much more results oriented culture mm-hmm. a right. performance or because people mm-hmm. when you're working from home you're not there to hang out at the, mm-hmm. at the break room and chit chat like you're, mm-hmm. you're, you you want to get your work done right and so there can be a real some real positives mm-hmm. that come out of it also right you know and it does take discipline you know of of you know okay i'm and and anybody who's ever started you know working from home knows that okay you know people have to uh, to understand i'm working um you know it's not we're going to do this or whatever but once you kind of get into that routine i think many people are discovering ooh you know what used to take me 8 hours now is going to take me 6 because i'm able to focus i'm not doing the chit chats at the water cooler i'm not doing this and I'm not commuting. I mean, you yes. know, here in Atlanta, you in Chicago, I mean, right. you know, that's, that's a couple hours right there right. that, you know, people, not that we want them to use it for work, but it's giving them that time that, that they have freed up. And I, and I do think people are figuring out, you know, we don't have to do our work. Obviously, it, it depends on what the job is between, say, eight and five. Right. You know, that might be when they are teaching their kids and they're, they're working in the evening. And again, as long as they're getting the work done, it's kind of like, who cares? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been a it's been a real transition. The whole uh, and, and I for do those think, poor micromanagers. There, I bet they've all just gone. <laughs> I, I think their heads are exploding. They're, they're they're having a hard time figuring out what to do. Mm-hmm. And it is it is forcing people to up their game from a management perspective, right. which is great. I mean, mm-hmm. that's that's that plays right into the idea of growing yeah. your business. Yeah, you know, because people are thinking, okay, well. I need somebody to be doing this, or I need somebody to be doing that, um, you know, and, 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 you know, a lot of them are looking maybe internally, um, but, but yeah, it's, I think they are, and, and I think people are really saying, you know, okay, we were, you know, I'm, I'm the CEO, and I was working 10 hours a day, I don't need to do that. You know, right. I'm, I'm enjoying spending time with my family. Right. Um, you know, or, oh my gosh, you know, I, I need out of here. <laughs> like you were saying, but I think, you know, I think it's more positive with people saying, I want to spend more time with my family or on, you know, I, 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 I saw, you know, one of, one of the people I communicate with, he does six mile walks a day. Wow. Okay. Now I, I can do a mile. I try and aim for a mile. I mean, you know, that's, that's a I good number for me. Yeah. You know, and, and six is like, holy schmoly. 
But there's no way he could do that in right. a normal type of day just That's because right. it takes too long. Right. That's right. No, I think we've all found good uses for our commute time. Right. And, um, and I, you know, I, I, for one, I think I've driven my car 10 times. I know. Park. I've gotten gas twice. I've gotten twice gas since once. February. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And, and that's great. I love mm-hmm. that. Like, right. I think that's all around mm-hmm. positive. Mm-hmm. Um, f- as the business owner, like you said, it opens up a lot of possibilities. Mm-hmm. It also is going to make us think about some different things. And so, mm-hmm. you know, as we were talking about how do we plan for the rest of the year, I think mm-hmm. we have to plan some things around reinforcing our values, mm-hmm. about reinforcing our culture. And I think we're going to look forward to the time when we can all get back face to face again, mm-hmm. whether it's in an office or, right. you know, a baseball stadium mm-hmm. or, a, you know, around a dinner mm-hmm. table or something. But, mm-hmm. but I think planning those things, it's going to make it more special. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and, and I, I do think that many companies might go, okay, we need you in the office just two days a week. Or, you know, and, and I mean, it's, it really is going to be interesting to see how things settle down. Um, you know, and, and because, you know, aside from anything else, we don't want things coming back. I mean, that's going to be no, the, that's the right. trick. And, and of course, we've all seen states, municipalities, wherever, yeah. where they've loosened up too soon. And then oik, yep. that didn't, didn't work. I mean, Miami would be a, a great example of that. Um, but, you know, we, and so we don't want people going back into offices and then, you know, we're having to, to shut the whole office yeah, down again. For sure. So I think this, it really is a great time, as, as we've been saying, for people to be planning and be thinking, you know, it's, it's funny, I, I posted a thing on Facebook the other day that said, anybody, you know, when, when we were asked five years ago where we thought we'd be in five years, nobody got it right. <laughs> and right, you know, because none of us yeah. said, you know, in 2015, hey, there's going to be a pandemic in 2020. <laughs> and so I think maybe short term goals. Might be something that a lot of people really start thinking yeah. about is, okay, how much are we going to sell this quarter? What are we yeah. going to do this first half of the year? Yeah. Things like that. For sure. Yeah, I, I think that's right. And, and if um, what I don't want people to say is, oh my gosh, everything's uncertainty. We can't do anything. You know, we no, can't move our yeah. business forward. Mm-hmm. We have to move, move our business mm-hmm. forward. And, and um, you know, I, one of the things that I've been pushing during, even during the pandemic, mm-hmm. we have an assessment on our site. Mm-hmm. If you go to anchoredvisors.com slash growth dash phase. Mm-hmm. So anchoredvisors.com slash growth dash phase. Mm-hmm. And we talked about those things that tell you the next thing you need to do right. to grow your business. Mm-hmm. That assessment helps to figure out where you are in that process mm-hmm. and gives you just the next right thing that right. you need to do. Mm-hmm. And we can all focus on just that next right mm-hmm. thing. We can, right. we can all make that next right mm-hmm. thing work, mm-hmm. right? Right. And, it and might be from your home office. I mean, you know, you might have to adapt it a little bit. But yeah, as you see, knowing that, you know, that one thing that we're doing, that's, that's where it's going to help us focus and get rid of the crazies. Correct. Yeah. We, we don't need any more crazies. No, no. Yeah, we're going to have enough of that when we really try going back to work. Oi, oi. But, well, Brad, this really has been wonderful, and we are almost at the, the top of the hour. So tell us a little bit more about what Anchor Advisors does. So for those creative service firm owners mm-hmm. who have worked their butts off and, and grown their business, um, what I tell people is I, I did some research on this last year. Only 4% of business owners make it to a million dollars in sales. Mm. So if you make it to a million dollars, you're in the top 4% Mm -hmm. of all business owners. But in order to be able to sell your business, you're going to have to get to the top 2%. Mm -hmm. To get to that $5 million range, Mm -hmm. you have to get to the top 2%. Mm -hmm. And so this is a hard journey you're on. Mm -hmm. You're probably going to want some people to come with you. And so that's where the masterminds fit in. We've got these groups of five business owners that meet together a couple times a month on Mm -hmm. Zoom uh, and help each other to make that transition to all those things that we talked about early in the program about Mm -hmm. finding your product market fit and raising your prices Mm -hmm. and getting yourself out of the service delivery. That's what these people are all working on together. Mm -hmm. And so if that sounds interesting to you, if you stop to anchoredvisors.com, you can, you can find some more information there Mm -hmm. or, uh, find me on Facebook, Brad Ferris with an A, F-A-R-R-I-S. Um, 
you should be able to find me pretty easily. Cool. I love it. And your website is great. It's got tons of resources and, and information there. Um, you know, and, and so, you know, check out that information because that's going to be, as you said, a great starting point. And, you know, we do have downtime right now. So why not be thinking about this? Be thinking, you know what? I could take my business to that next level. Yeah. And, you know, okay, I'm, I'm, where's that cliff edge? <laughs> well, and, and the, that, that assessment, the anchorprizes.com slash growth dash phase, um, that's a great place to start because it's just going to give you that next step. Like right. what's the next thing you need to do? just to move yourself maybe a little closer to that. Right. And, and as we said, you might not want to be that million-dollar business, but it's okay to grow um, you know, because we do need to be doing that. You know, who wants to be stagnant? You know, we right. see these companies that and, – and they're, let's be honest, they're the ones that end up failing um, because some, somebody else passes them by by doing the next greatest thing. That's right. That's exactly And right. all of a sudden you're like, oh, okay, well, we yeah. only did this and <laughs> no, people don't want it anymore. For sure. For okay. sure. Well, again, Brad, tell people how they find and, and connect with you. Sure. So uh, LinkedIn, on LinkedIn, I'm Brad Ferris, B-R-A-D-F-A-R-R-I-S, uh, or anchoradvisors.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like I said, the best place to start is with that assessment, the anchoradvisors.com slash growth dash phase. And, Perfect. Uh, that'll, if, if you make it through there and put your email address in, you'll get an email back from me and, and we'll be connected from there. Perfect. I love it. Well, Brad, this really has been very interesting. And, you know, we, we should think about, you know, in, in six months to a year, getting Let's back together and, and chatting and saying, okay, now what? You know, things yeah. are hopefully calming down. Hopefully. Um, you know, and, and I, you know, I'm thinking six months. I mean, you know, I'm going to be optimistic and think by the end of the year, well, at least by the end of the year, we'll have a pretty good idea. Hopefully so. <laughs> Um, so let's let's just plan on having another date. All right, um, sounds good. You know, and, and we'll be doing that. So I'm Deb Creer. I've been having so much fun talking with Brad Ferris. And until next time, everyone have a great day. Tune in for our next program for even more trends, best practices, and techniques for how to make your business a success. The Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer, is proud to be part of the C-Suite Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.